start the slides. Thank you, David. Um, we've gone through four weeks. We're gonna let, let me review just a little bit before we get to Acts chapter 20 here this evening. Uh, we began looking through a kind of a two-part series. Uh, we called the first five parts the resources that we would need uh, to put into place during this actual steps or moving forward. And first of all, we said the first step that we need to make is to refuse to trust yourself. Remember, lean not unto thine own understanding, Proverbs chapter 3. And we need to remind ourselves of that, that we don't know the future, we don't know what's ahead, but we can trust God because he's been to the future, he's there now, and he's here at this present time as well. How that works, we don't understand that. But he's God, and there's nothing too hard or impossible with God. He knows everything. And so we, can, uh, we truly need to learn to trust him, to trust the Lord. So refuse to trust yourself. Refuse to trust your, the way you see things, the way you see things playing out, because God knows better. Secondly, we said to seek and to surrender to God's will. And this is truly a time in which we come to God and we say, God, I'm signing that blank contract. We've used that illustration a couple of times now and we'll continue to do so. It's just a perfect illustration for that. Uh, it's looking at God and saying, God, whatever you want, the answer is yes. Uh, whatever it is that you want me to do, the answer is completely and wholeheartedly yes. That's what I am signing up for. I'm signing my name on this blank contract. Please use, guide, and lead, and direct. And whatever you lead to, I will truly say yes to. Uh, and surrender, understanding that God knows what is best. Thirdly, we said as we seek and surrender God's will, that we then begin to pray about the decision. Uh, we, get, we can begin to pray about the decision that is before us. And remember that we stated that this is fitly put in this stepping process as step three, because if our heart isn't trusting the Lord, we need to go back and say, God, would you help me to trust you? Uh, would you expose to my heart, would you expose to my spirit, why it is that I don't trust you? Would you help me to get that established? Now, God, as I trust you and as I'm learning to trust you, I want to surrender to your will. I know that your plan is best for my life. You know what is best. And God, help me to surrender to there. And our prayer up to this point really is to help our heart to be prepared for what God has for us. But as our heart is prepared and as our heart is ready to listen to the voice of God, we begin to pray about our decision. And this truly is a time in which is very much a season of waiting. Uh, we're reading the Word of God. We're listening to messages. Our hearts are tuned into good, godly music. And we are truly bathing ourselves with spiritual truth, wanting to hear the voice of God. And we begin to pray with the same attentive voice, wanting to push all things out, push our own heart, our own desires, all those things, emotions and feelings apart and say, God, I want to listen to your voice. Even if I need to silence other voices and put those away for a time, I need to hear from you. And it's a time in which we begin to wait and we begin to pray. 
and we pray and we pray about this decision. Sometimes it might take a week. Sometimes it might take a month. Sometimes it might take decades. I don't know the season that God has of us waiting. But the Lord does say, wait on the Lord and he, and he shall renew his strength. The Bible tells us that there is a scriptural process of waiting upon the Lord. And this is a time in which if we're not careful, we're going to get very anxious over. <laughs> One thing I have learned about God and about his will is that God is never in a hurry. Sometimes we think he should be in a hurry, but God is never in a hurry. He knows the exact time at the exact moment. And sometimes it is prone for us to become anxious or filled with those feelings of anxiety because we don't know the next step and we want to know the next step. And if we're not careful, we can allow the devil to begin playing some mind games with us and we become so anxious that we make a move that God does not want us to make. And so we need to be very careful about this and watch and be listening to the voice of God as we continue praying. And then as we go through this process, God begins to make it very clear. Uh, Bible verses, Bible truth, Bible principles begin coming and applying to our heart. We begin seeing the Word of God come to life. We begin seeing how God applies truth to our life. And we begin seeing things clear and clear. The fog begins to lift. The windscreen becomes clear. And things become to be more in focus. And at that point, when we think, okay, I know, I believe this is what God has. I believe this is what God wants us to do. That is when we seek godly counsel. And remember, seeking godly counsel is a scriptural thing. As we looked at last week, we studied and we looked at that thought of godly counsel. Uh, a multitude of counsel, in a multitude of counsels, there is safety. Again, you're looking for those who love the Lord, who love you, who want your best and can do and give godly counsel in an unbiased way. I spoke very personally about that last week, and I'm not going to rehash that. Uh, but it's important that you understand and that we come through this process that we want unbiased counsel from those who are godly and that love the Lord and that love me and ask God truly to help them to give godly counsel and God will use that to expose and this is a time in which you really lay up out your heart and say what is it that this is what God has been leading my heart to this is where I am what do you think? Is there some warning signs? Is there some things that I should be watching for? Are there some problems with what? Is there something scriptural or unbiblical that I'm seeing here? What is it that I'm seeing and what is it that, what is it that uh, God is leading me to that may bring up some red flags or bring some warnings to you? And God will use that to really to expose and see if there's something in which you need to be careful about or that you are truly need to reconsider and this is a time in which is a safety net as we used it a safety net uh, in on the will of God this leads us to the last step and we've been looking at the that for the last few moments here as we've recapped for just a few minutes but this last step final step seems obvious but it's full of <laughs> tentiveness sometimes it's when we really just need to take a 
deep breath and say, okay, God, I'm taking this step, this step, a step forward in faith. The last step is simply to step forward. Remember that as God unfolds his will, that it's never going to be as clear as you think it should be. He's not going to tell you all the details that's going to take place. He's not going to tell you all the answers that's going to come, uh, come even three, four steps now. He might give you just enough clarity to take that next step, and you have no idea what the other steps are going to be. This is a time in which you truly have to take that step of faith. Remember, this is faith. This is faith. If there was a step that you felt like God was leading you to, and you knew every single area all around that step completely and fully, I would seriously take a step back and reconsider that step. Because the Bible teaches us that when he leads us by faith, that that is truly by faith and not by sight. If I can see all the outcomes from that step forward, then that might not be a step that God has put together. Because God tells us that when we take a step of faith, there's going to be some uncertainties about it. There's going to be some unanswered questions. There's going to be some things in which we want to know but do not yet have the answer for. And that step of faith is truly just that, a step of faith. Remember, the Bible does tell us, the just shall live by faith. God desires his people to live by faith. And faith involves stepping out, not knowing all the different outcomes. Because by faith, God directs. God directs a moving vessel. I love that. God does not direct a vessel that is sitting still and is refusing to move. Because there's no steps to guide. Faith involves movement. It involves action. It involves a movement of walking by faith, walking spiritually, and taking steps forward as God leads. God directs a moving vessel. And as he he does direct, there will be two things that will come from this decision. First of all is affirmation. Affirmation is an incredible thing. As you take a step forward in faith, God truly begins to affirm and to give clarity that this is exactly the step that he has for you. Over these past couple of months, God has been doing a work in my heart, as you know. God has directed my steps to take the assistant pastor there at Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I did not know all of the needs, and I still don't know all of the needs that are that have been presented to us over these last month and a half, two months especially. But it has been incredible, just absolutely amazing at those who God puts upon their heart to help us in some way, whether it's financially or whether it's in some area, 
And God moves upon their heart before we even knew the need required. And almost to the exact pound, the needs have been met before the needs were even presented to us. I can't do that. God can. It has been incredible at how God has provided in advance before the need has even presented itself. That is God. God is the one that is doing that, and he has affirmed it over and over and over again in my mind and in my heart and my family. It has been incredible to see how God has put this together. God has put a, a, a person who is renting us a house for a time until we can purchase a home uh, who understands and was in a similar situation to us as the landlord of the property in which we rent. <laughs> Only God could do that. We are in the middle of purchasing a vehicle and God has given us a, a owner who has who is very sympathetic and is very gracious and very understanding about our unique circumstance of moving from one country back to another and all the things that are required for that and the patience and the graciousness. I'm telling you, it's just incredible to see how God is beginning to put all these pieces together and has put these pieces together. And I cannot do this myself. It has been God. Every step of the way, we've just been saying, God, you're going to do what you're going to do. We're just following. We know what you have for us. God, you're going to have to provide, and he is and has. It is incredible what God is doing. And God uses those things to affirm. So many times, God, as we step out, will give us that affirmation. Those things to help console and affirm in our hearts that that step is exactly what he desires. But along with that affirmation is going to be testing. And that testing is going to be almost immediate. As we take a step of faith, yes, there will be affirmation, but there will also be testing. The Apostle Paul understood this principle. Let's look at Acts chapter 20. I should turn there as well, get myself there uh, as well. Acts chapter 20. It's in the New Testament. <laughs> I should know that, right? Acts chapter 20, look at verse number 24, please. But none of those things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul, speaking about all the trials and all the difficulties that has come along his way, he says, as those moments of testing have come, none of those things moved him. None of those things could move him from where God had placed him, from where God was leading him. Paul had a life, truly, that was filled with uh, moments of difficulties encountered, but Paul would not let those things move him. He continued to step forward in faith. He continued to move forward in commitment. And that is such an important thing. We do not like that word in today's church, that word commitment. It's a word that scares people and it ought not to. Because if we've made a move in accordance to the word of God, those testings are moments in which 
cons- uh, help us to be resolved in our commitment to the Lord. It helps us to understand that there is things going forward and that God is behind this. I've done the decision biblically. I've made the decision to the best of my ability and I've prayed about it. I believe this is what God has for us and we move forward with that direction and as we do so and as we see God unfold those things and help those things to come clear and help that step to become firmer, if we can put it that way, God enables with our heart a heart that wants to be committed to continue taking that step. One of the things that I've been trying to encourage, and I hope you've been getting my heart on this, and I hope it's been coming across rightly because it's of a pure heart, and I I wanted to mean that way, that the will of God is an incredible and an exciting time. It is a moment in which God presents his best for us, and it is incredible at how God moves and places things forward. And truly, the will of God is an incredible time. And as we take that step forward, that commitment drives us and helps us to see, I could take more steps forward. Why? Because God has been faithful. I've seen God work, and I can be committed to these things. I can be solidified in my decision. Why? Because I know God is in this. Even the best decisions, the best of decisions, can seem like they fall apart immediately after they're made. They might go through times or moments of proving or testing. Over and over and again, we see a pattern, and we'll come to this here later, that life gets harder before it gets easier as we take a step of faith forward. Decisions based upon God, upon His Word, not upon feelings, not upon emotions. Those decisions are decisions that will drive us and keep us committed and moving forward by faith. That's why it's so important to do decision to do a decision right, to have a biblical framework, to have a biblical foundation. So when you take that step forward, when those testings, when those provings come, that it does not move you, that rather it drives and solidifies your heart to continue in your, your walk with God. I love how Job puts it in Job 23.10 when he says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. If there's anyone that could talk about the provings or the testings of God, it was Job. He lost so much, uh, seemed, and yet God blessed in a greater way. Life got harder before it got easier. Reminded of a illustration of the explorer Cortez centuries ago when he landed in a territory that was new territory, the new world as it was being coined, in a place called Veracruz, Mexico. And as he landed on the shores of, Mer- uh, of Mexico, a couple of variations of the story, but they seem like they drive at the same general context, that as he landed on Mexican territory, he then looked to the ships and he had his men dismantle and even burn the ships as in a way of saying, there's no going back. 
uh, we're here. We're not returning. We are going forward. And that type of mentality is important as we take a step forward. It is un we need to understand that as we take that step that God wants to continue forward with him. Satan knows that the best time to uproot a tree, uproot a sapling, is when it is little and just a seedling. You see, it doesn't have the roots that are developed or firmly woven into the soil with that deep root system that stretches sometimes great distances. It doesn't have that yet. And so he knows that the best time to remove that seedling, that sapling, is when that tree is young, when that tree hasn't had its roots grounded and rooted deep yet. And that is, so, that is such an important note for us to understand that our roots must be rooted in God's word. This, as we make a decision and we make it biblically, it will help us to come back over and over again to remain strong as we know that our anchor has been firmly rooted upon that enduring and faithful word that's been to all generations. It is the word of God. Too often today, we have Christians that say, well, I'll try this today. I'll try this bit of Christianity. I'll try that area of biblical principle and it didn't work initially like they thought it would and simply say, you know what, that's it. I'm done with that. It didn't work out. It's almost like we're sampling Christianity or sampling portions of the Word of God. Of, I like this part, so I'll sample this. Or I like this, and I'll put it there. But we don't want to wholly commit ourselves because we're afraid of the testing or afraid of what might come along with that. God wants us to be wholly committed to Him. Wholly committed to Him. He wants us to be fully surrendered to Him. And when the testing comes, that's when those resources of faith and courage and a pure heart are so vitally necessary because it helps us understand that we've made that decision in a clean and a pure way in accordance to the Word of God. And we can move forward on this because we know we have the biblical standing to move forward with. I want to give you three things here tonight as we think about moving forward with faith or stepping forward with faith first of all move forward with faith we've looked at acts chapter 20 verse number 24 uh, again similar uh, again that mindset that we've already explained number two expect immediate testing of your decision expect immediate testing it's almost as if the devil is sitting there waiting for us to take that step and as soon as we step out suddenly everything comes it seems testing and difficulties come that way it's a spiritual assault is what it is it's a spiritual attack if we can put it that way this is why once again it's important that our decision is not anchored upon emotions or feelings because if it is anchored on our emotions or feelings it's going to fall apart it's not going to go the direction that we want it to go but if we know that it's anchored upon the word of god we can step out saying, I know I am obeying God. And God is using this decision to help me grow and to help me to go forward. 
I've used this illustration often, and I'll continue to do so here tonight. I've got this book here. Faith is a muscle. The, mo the moment that I decide to pick up this book using some muscles in my hand and arm, as soon as I do so, it's what? It's met with resistance. What resistance is it met with? It's met with resistance of the weight of the book, of gravity, of the forces that want to keep it there. And yet, my faith wants to move or is willing to move that book. You know, when we step out by faith, why is it any different that we, expect that we don't expect resistance to it? That we don't expect something in which is going to bring a proving or a testing to it. It's a muscle. And the moment that you pick up a, uh, uh, pick up a weight, the moment you try to exercise and grow with that, there is resistance to it. It's natural. We understand that. The same thing is true with spiritual faith. When we grow by faith, and as God has a step out on faith, God can use that decision, what, to strengthen us. If I were to give this book to a little child tonight, or a baby, a newborn baby, they wouldn't be able to move this book. Why? Because they don't have the muscle strength to do so. They wouldn't be able to pick it up and do what I can do with it. Why? Because they don't have that muscle ability to do so. But now I can, and it's some seemingly simple to do, but if you were to put a much larger weight out, if you were to put those storage doors out there, then it's a different story. They're heavier. It takes more muscle to do. Why? Because they're heavier. There's a stronger muscle. There's a stronger force that is required. The same thing is true with spiritual faith. As God tells, te uh, teaches us and guides us and directs us to take a step of faith, it's going to increase our faith. It's like adding additional weight to that dumbbell that you're trying to pick up. And as you're trying to pick up that bar laden with more weight, it's going to be met with resistance. Why? Because your muscles are growing and you are growing into the responsibilities that God has for you. We'll come back to that in a few moments. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses number 16 and 17, Paul speaking, For which cause we faint not, but, through our outward, uh, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul tells us that even the most difficult of time here on this earth compared to what Jesus went through on the cross is but a light affliction. We look at that and say, but it's really difficult for me. You're right. That's why we need God's grace. That's why we need God's wisdom and God's direction in the step because we need His help. We need His strength. The most difficult situations that any of us in this room or anyone here at SBC has encountered is but a light affliction compared to what Jesus Christ has suffered for us. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around because we know our hearts and we know the difficulties sometimes that we've gone through. But those moments 
truly don't compare to the weight of our sin. Our sin crucified the Son of God. Maybe we're reminded of that. It's but a light affliction. You see, when we, when someone enters into marriage, they might traverse maybe for two years in marriage and Satan might begin bringing some doubts to their mind. Did I really marry the right person? But you're just two years into it. That same couple, 28 years later, as they celebrate 30 years of marriage, looks back and says, you know what? I'm glad I married her. I'm glad I married him. Why? Because she or he was the right person for me to marry. I'm thankful that I stayed with it. Oh, yes, maybe there were some doubts initially, but I'm thankful that I stayed with it because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt now that she is the right wife for me. Think of Joshua. When he received the mantle, if we could put it that way, or the leadership of the children of Israel going into the promised land, God said, you're going to conquer all of this land. You're going to win uh, all these battles. This land flows with milk and honey. It is going to be incredible at how you and the children of Israel are going to enjoy all of this land. It is truly a fruitful and a blessed land. But he had to conquer he had to fight for it. There was testings. As soon as they crossed into the promised land, what happened? They had a battle, Jericho. They had another battle, and another battle, and another battle. Was God for it? Yes. But did it come without any difficulties? No. There was some difficulties. There were some testings. There were some moments in which truly they had to fight for the land that God promised them. But as one pushes forward and presses forward, you can be assured that God's blessings are ahead of that. I wholeheartedly believe that testings are preparing us for the blessing and the new joys that God is going to bring into our lives along with the responsibilities that will come along with those uh, with those things in which God enables us and directs our steps for. We truly need to be mindful that immediate testing, almost immediate testing, will come. Thirdly, venture through testing. Can I give you just a few things here tonight as we conclude this part? I want to give a kind of a little of a postscript if we can put it that way uh, tonight as we think about doing decisions right as we think about venturing through testing first of all refuse to entertain doubts that same thought of did I marry the wrong person comes to mind a young couple just get married some troubles come did I marry the wrong person when those moments come into place, you need to go back and you need to remember the Bible that came to life illustrating and giving you direction that she was the right woman for you to marry. You need to go to the Word of God and remember those moments in which you prayed and God gave you clarity that that was the woman that you were supposed to say I do to. 
you need to come to the uh, once again the your prayer life as you remind of that small voice that still small voice that continually gave clarity and the counsel that was there that encouraged and was that safety net encouraging you that you are doing the right thing and it is a matter of time in which you need to go back and you need to immediately put it down and say i know i did the right thing why because of the bible because of prayer because of the clarity that god gave me through prayer because of the counsel that god enabled me to have and it's a moment in which i begin blocking out the what ifs well what if i would have done that differently what if i would have done this what what if what if what if and we begin questioning things and the devil begins playing a mind game upon us we need to block out those what-ifs. Block them out as you take a step that is, confer, uh, that, uh, that, is, uh, that is clearly what God desires and what God is directing towards. You need to block out those what-if moments and allow God to give you clarity and uh, 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 help remove or to, in, or to refuse to entertain those doubts that Satan will bring. Secondly, as we venture through the testing that God, uh, that God allows our way as we take a step forward in faith, is to renew your commitment to God's will. This is a moment in which you say, you know what, this is a, I'm seeing how God is providing you. This is a struggle. I'm really trying to pick up this weight, but it, it, it's a little bit of a struggle right now. But I see how God is helping me. I see I'm not alone with this. God's grace is helping me. God's strength is truly supporting me. I can take another step forward. Why? Because God helped with this step. He's going to help with the next step. Thirdly, return to Scripture. If you look at Scripture tonight, and if you were to look at all those who made a God-led decision. You will find a cycle, a process that happens over and over again. You'll see a decision that is made, and then you'll see that life gets harder for them for a time. But then you see a great fruitful season afterwards. And then you see another decision come. And then life gets a little harder for a time. But then more fruitful life comes. And over and over and over that cycle begins. God uses these moments of stepping out in faith to grow us into an area in which his blessings and his, our fruitfulness in the gospel is increased, but it takes stepping out by faith. Look through many people here, many people through the word of God, and you'll find that principle. You'll find that process. Look at Scripture again. Allow the Scripture to confirm and to validate what your heart has been struggling with through the times of testing. Just as He used His Word to direct your heart, He can use His Word to confirm and to help us to see the clarity we need for the next step. Along with this, fourthly, Claim scripture. Again, we're going very much hand in hand with point number three. Claim scripture. There's been a scripture in which God has led me through this season of my life 
that I've gone to over and over again, Psalm 138.8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. What an incredible thought that is, and what an incredible verse this is. This is something that really has been impregnated into my heart and life. It is something that has been my prayer. It's something in which God has truly directed my heart to over and over and over again. God perfects. God grows. God teaches. God builds our life. And what an incredible God we have that wants to build our life. I'm thankful we have a God who doesn't dismiss us never puts us on a shelf, never puts us in a place in which we can never come back to him, but always says, I want to perfect. I want to, you to grow. I want you to truly to continue to flourish and to be fruitful in the gospel ministry that he has for you and I. It, your gospel ministry is different than mine. Mine is different than yours. It's not what our, what our lives look like or how God shapes our life with jobs or living situations or cars we drive or whom we marry. It's not None of those things are comparable, but it's following the word of God and following him and allowing him to guide and lead and direct and to perfect our lives. God wants to perfect your life. Think about that for just a moment. He wants it to be full. He wants it to be fruitful. He wants it to be flourishing. God has your best in mind. When he leads a direction, it's for your best. Always, all the time. Never is there a moment in which God wants something evil or wrong for us. God loves and his goodness is truly unsearchable in riches. God wants truly to perfect that which concerneth me. Then fifthly, as we think about venturing through this time of testing, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Just as you waited in prayer for him to guide and direct and bring clarity, wait on the Lord. Resist that emotional temptation to bolt or to run or to be anxious and to take steps you ought not to take in a direction in which God does not want us to go. Resist those urges. Resist that temptation. And allow God to simply allow your spirit to wait upon him. God always comes through, always comes through in his time, in his time. Wait on the Lord, and he shall renew thy strength. Remember, if God takes away a dream, it's because he's going to give a better one. God loves us. God wants his God wants to do his plan, his will through our lives. What an incredible thing that is. Doing the decision right is following that still small voice of God. Solidly put upon the word of God. Firmly rooted in him firmly rooted in faith, firmly rooted in courage, firmly rooted in a sober mind, firmly rooted in doing a decision with a biblical framework. And that is it. To do a decision right, it's to follow these principles. If you were to take these principles and you would apply them to any area, 
whether it's a job, a car, whether it's whom you're about to propose to, or whether it's whom you want, uh, whom, uh, whom to date, or uh, uh, or any decision God has for you. If you were to put these things into practice, God will guide and lead and direct. But let me transition for just a moment here, and I'm just going to take just a couple minutes here on this, on a thought of what happens if I didn't do a decision right. What happens if I have made some very bad decisions? And I do have regrets. I do have moments in which I look back and say, I wish I had not done that. Or I wish I had done that. There's some bad thinking that Satan has used even churches to impregnate upon the heart of people that's wrong and filled with lies. I've heard people state, well, I did this to myself. I'm the one that made the wrong step. So God is done with me. God can't use me anymore. God's putting me on a shelf. I've literally heard of messages that God puts people on a shelf and he's done with them. He's never going to use them again. He's never going to work in their lives again. That's as far away from Scripture as you can be. That's not biblical. That is not right. But what happens when those moments of regret come? You know, the Bible tells us the grace of God, the help of God leads us to repentance. The Bible teaches us that godly sorrow leads to repentance. God sorrow or excuse me repentance truly is as simple as changing my mind. And when we think of repentance so often we think of tears and of weeping and of suddenly of a great emotional outcome but that's not always the case. There are some times where that is the case. But sometimes it's a moment of changing our mind of, you know what, I did the wrong thing, so now I'm deciding to do the right thing. I went the wrong direction, so I'm going to change my direction. I'm going to do things in a right direction. God can use emotion. God can use sorrow to thrust us into a moment that leads our heart to repent. God can do so, and God can use that. However, there are also times in which God can use His goodness to lead us to a moment of repenting. A moment in which He shows us how uh, the blessings that we are missing because we did not do a decision like we ought to do. We made a wrong decision, and the goodness of God begins to show us of what God had for our lives and what one, what wonders and what things he had for us. And God can use that goodness, his heart of pure love and of pure motives to lead us to a moment in which we choose to repent. It's like getting, it's like a gift that you desire is given to you and you reject it and say, you know what? 
I don't want that. And God so wonderfully says, I want to give it to you. Would you come and would you take the right steps? God wants us to do right steps. God wants us to go the right direction. But God has never finished with you and I as children of God. You are never in a point in which God can never use or work in, work in your life. If you're saved, even in eternity, God's going to work and work through your life for all of eternity. It's incredible. It's like the prodigal son, a very infamous part of Scripture. The prodigal son was going a direction which he ought not to go. But And God wants us through his goodness before we get to where that prodigal son was of eating the uh, uh, same slop that the pigs were eating before we even get to that pig farm to recognize, wait a minute, I uh, the goodness of God, the goodness of my father truly is much better than the direction I'm going. Instead of going to that pig farm, I'm going to stop, I'm going to go back. Why? Because God welcomes us with his open arms. He wants us to repent. He wants us uh, truly to come back to him. I love this statement. God doesn't want us to pay for our bad decisions. Don't forget that. He wants us to repent of them. You don't have to pay for your bad decisions. He wants you to repent of them. Because God welcomes and God wants us truly to come and to do the right thing. If you've done the wrong thing, make a decision tonight to do the right thing. Make a decision tonight that you're not going to go that direction anymore. You're not going to go towards that pig farm anymore. You're deciding tonight to repent and to do the right thing, to come back to God. John Mark is a classic example of this. We're not going to look at Scripture tonight for sake of time. You can write these verses down. Acts 13, 5, Acts 15, 36 through 39, and 2 Timothy 4, 11, where John Mark was a man who traveled with Paul, uh, the missionary Paul. And as he traveled with Paul, he went a direction he should not have gone. And there was a time in which Paul said, I'm not going to take him with me in ministry because he abandoned me. He left me. It was in an awkward position. And thank God there was a man named Barnabas who was also right. Paul was right and Barnabas was right in Acts chapter 15. And the Bible tells us that God then began to use Paul or John Mark again. And the Bible tells us that Paul then encouraged uh, John Mark to even bring him back into ministry in 2 Timothy chapter 4. God can reuse and restore and rekindle and reshape our lives to be exactly what God desires and wants. It is incredible what God does. Why? Because first of all, as we think about where if, uh, if we've done a, uh, done a bad decision or if we've made some bad decisions, first of all, to remember that God specializes in second chances. The faster you run to him, he will wrap you up in his love, his mercy, and direct through his will. Run to him. If you've done some bad decisions, if you've made some foolish choices, run to Christ. Run to him. The sooner, the better. What a wonderful it is that we have a God who truly wants and enjoys giving second chances.
Number two, God's perfect will always begins today. God's will begins today for your life. Understand, I understand that there are some decisions that we make that have permanent outcomes. Some of those decisions leave us scarred, wounded deeply. But please, please don't interpret those wounds, those scars as God's judgment. That's a lie from Satan. Those are a natural consequence of a bad decision. But God can heal those scars. God can heal those wounds. God can restore. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. In verse number 12, he says, Not as though I had already attained, even though I either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count my, not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul came to a point in which he had to recognize that yesterday's decisions were truly yesterday's decisions. He can't change yesterday's decisions, but he can choose to do the right thing today. He can choose to do the right thing at this very moment. He can choose to do that in which God desires today. God has something for you today. God has a plan. He wants you to be a part of that plan today. Don't ever, let the sat- don't ever let Satan put you into a point or some false teaching put you into a point in which you are useless. That is a lie from Satan. Don't ever let him get to a point in which you have to pay some penance in order to get some good grace back with God. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's not biblical. God says, repent, return, run, choose, change your mind, choose to do that which is right. And God welcomes us back with open and loving arms. God truly loves and desires, thirdly, to bring good from well-handled bad decisions. You understand that even the worst decision that you've made, God can work it for good in your life. That seems impossible. But may I remind us of Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. The Bible tells us moment we choose to come to God and say, God, I'm turning away from my bad decision. I'm choosing you. I'm choosing what you desire and what is best for me, or excuse me, what is best for my life. According to the will of God, God says, I can take those bad situations and I can work them for good. What an incredible thing it is. May I encourage you tonight then to renew your love for God. Renew your love for your wonderful and holy Savior. Don't minimize God. Don't make God some small God that is incapable of working a bad decision into that which is good, for He is truly almighty, all-powerful God. He is a God of second chances. 
God often, lastly, gives a moment of reversal. I love what Romans chapter 2, verse number 4 says, and we're done. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing the goodness of God, leadeth thee to what? Repentance. God often gives moments in those moments of or in those times of bad decisions for reversal. To choose to take a step back. If you're about to marry that person and it's the wrong person, it's not whom God has, the marriage can be called off. It's not too late. You don't have to sign that work contract. You don't have to enter into that premises. There's a moment in which God gives a moment of reversal to take that step back and say, wait a minute, this is not what God desires. He gives often a moment of reversal of an opportunity to get the decision right. God loves us. His goodness leads to repentance. What an incredible God we have. We can trust Him. He knows what is best. I pray that these last 10 weeks have been a help to you. My heart, and God, you know my heart, has been to try to encourage and to help and prepare this church for the days ahead. I understand that a week and a half, two weeks from today, my family and I will be in a different country. I understand that there's some decisions that you as a church have to make. May I encourage you once again that what is best for me and for my family is best for you. I understand it might be foggy right now. God's still bringing some clarity. But trust the Lord. Don't trust yourself. Seek and surrender to God's will. May I encourage you, SBC, as a church, to surrender to the will of God afresh and anew. Choose to trust Him. May I encourage you, church, to pray. Pray much. Oh, listen to that still, small voice of God. Seek godly counsel. Seek counsel that is guides and directs and confirms what God is doing and shaping and making and molding. And when that time comes, when God brings that clarity, when God gives clear direction, may I encourage you, Take that step forward in faith. May I encourage you to make the decision right. Follow biblical principles.